Welcome to Discover Energy Work. Today I'm with Gary Ramsey and it's quite, it's very exciting. I've got, um, I got recommended. I wrote to Anita Morjani. Anita Morjani said, well, we're really busy at the moment, Richard. Would you, would you like to talk to Gary Ramsey? And I went, I think I would. I've got a feeling that I was supposed to write to Anita Morjani to speak to Gary Ramsey. But I don't know why. So this is kind of exciting. I'm going to find out why I should be talking to Gary Ramsey now. How are you, Gary? I'm well, Richard. Thank you so much for having me here. I truly appreciate it. It's excellent. No, I'm I'm very excited. I mean, um, you've written a book. It's one of, that's the first thing I understand. It's like you're part of this uh, uh, exclusive club of people who've had amazing experiences that have been able to write a book about it. Yes. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And I wrote a book about it really because of Anita Morjani. Um, I, my story, uh, Anita and I had met yeah. and she heard my story. And when she heard it, she was just completely blown away. So uh, she decided to have me uh, on her radio show. And that was the beginning of the whole thing. Oh, wow. And my story. Yeah. Right, because Anita's a, a Hong Konger, so I'm out here in Asia, and I sort of, I missed Anita oh. in Hong Kong. I never met her in Hong Kong. I'd love to meet her, but but I just never did. Um, and I thought, well, I should really get a Hong Konger on here. And uh, and so, um, but but when we now have you, and we're kind of connecting through through you, which is kind of yes. nice. Yes. So so tell me, you you what what what's the story? What happened? Well, uh, I mean, in a nutshell, I walked into my doctor. I hadn't been feeling good. I had had certain symptoms. I thought something was going on and I walked into the doctor. He took tests. I got the test results back. I went to talk to him and he looked at me and he said, I, I have to tell you, you can die at any minute. And I went, what? <laughs> like not <laughs> something you expect any doctor to say, who was a specialist on top of it. Yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, you give. I've got shivers at the back of my neck. I mean, like, mm -hmm. I mean, like, you know, what what goes through your head when somebody says you can die at any minute? What I mean, I go, I freeze. I mean, if somebody said that, I'm like, I what the? Totally you know? was taken aback, and I have to be honest, Richard. I really didn't think he was serious. I thought right. he was kind of going to make a joke out of it. Mm. And so, of course, the first thing I said what and he repeated it you can die at any minute and then i was like oh my god he's serious and so i asked him how and he said um well he said first of all um you have cancer and i said i do how do you know that he said well it really doesn't matter if you have cancer or not he said because i said shouldn't we take a biopsy he said look you've got a massive tumor it's going from your kidney through your renal vein and it's going up towards your heart. He said, these are highly dangerous. They're very rare. He said, and if the tiniest piece comes off, it's going to go up to your heart and it's going to stop your heart. And you are going to die within seven to 10 minutes. And I said, how is this possible? He said, I don't know. He said, this is not a typical thing that occurs. So I realized as he was talking, the doctor was in shock. Yes. Yeah. He was kind of blown away that my situation was so grave. Mm. So I just kind of looked at him and I thought, well, wow. I said, well, what can be done about this? 
And he said, well, that's the bad news. <laughs> and then I was like, you mean, <laughs> I thought you'd give I'm going to die bad. any minute. <laughs> right. no, I, I mean, I've got the deadly tumor and now you're going to give me bad news. And he said, the bad news is, he said, I think anything that we try to do to you is going to kill you. Right. He said, I, I don't think there's any way out of this. Well, that was just mind blowing. Mm. And it was at that point when I really realized I got very still, I got very quiet. Um, and I kept listening to him and he kept explaining to me where it was. And then he would going on about hospitals. He said, look, there's only two hospitals within a hundred miles of New York City of this area that can handle you. And he said, one is right here, Sloan, Kettering in New York, and the other is Hackensack. He said, you can't even go to other hospitals because they won't even have the team to be able to deal with us. And I said, but you're saying that the surgery isn't gonna work. He said, from my experience with these kinds of tumors, he said, no. He said, you're probably gonna die on the table. So if I were you, I wouldn't go into the hospital until you've gotten all your affairs in order. Well, this was just like my whole, you know, life was turned around in those 10 minutes. Um, you tell me, so, enough, so, so what does that mean? You're, you're, um, what, was, what was your life? You were a uh, doctor, dentist? I was a teacher. I was working. I, I teach the Alexander Technique. I don't know okay. if you're familiar with that, yes, but very old technique. Yes. Um, I was a singer, opera singer. I was actually getting ready to do a big uh, opera opening in Texas <laughs> within a few weeks. Um, I, I had a very happy and fulfilled uh, life before that. Yeah. Um, I did realize later in retrospect, I was burning the candle a little bit too much, which is how I got sick in the first place, mm. but I was happy. I mean, I was not an unhappy, fearful person. So, um, I got this diagnosis. I immediately asked him, I said, could I please have my medical records? So he was kind of shocked, and so was I, because I thought, what am I going to do with them? I mean, basically, anywhere I go, these records are not going to be of any use. Hmm. And then um, I left, and that's when it all happened. Uh, as soon as I got out of his office, it was a beautiful day, beautiful. It was late in August, and um, it was just one of those perfect days, not too hot, not too cool. The wind was hmm. blowing, and I made my way to a park because I didn't even know what I was going to do. And I saw this park with all these children playing and these parents and, you know, keepers, babysitters. And, and all of a sudden it hit me. Oh my God, anyone right now that I'm seeing can die at any minute. Not just me, but mm. anyone here. One of these children could run out into the street and be hit by a car. I mean, some of these people maybe are not going to be alive later today. Maybe they're going to drop dead of a heart attack. Mm. And that was so profound that literally everything stopped. All thought, all concern, all even movement. I was aware of people moving, but it was like there was no more noise. Everything got profoundly peaceful. And I can only describe it as being in a state of bliss. I was in total, total bliss. Mm -hmm. And I made it to a, a bench there in the park. 
and I sat down and I don't even know how long I was there. I was just in a state of complete and utter bliss and everything was fine. There was not mm. any problems anywhere. It was like it hit me like a ton of bricks and then boom. Yeah. I didn't even feel like there was anything wrong with me anymore. And that you know, is can, when. Yeah. Yes, oh. go ahead. No, I just thought, I, I, you know, I, this rings a bell with me of having moments of just f fully giving up and just feeling bliss, 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 bliss. Yeah. yeah, just peace, everything's fine. There isn't a problem. There are actually no problems, yeah. Um, Very true. Uh, Very true. I mean, how can I say? There are problems, but not in that state. The, 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 yes. the, just absolutely not in that state. So, you know, it's, it, I think it's always a bit of a, a bitter one when somebody's su suffering through an issue and they're told there are no problems. Yes, when you're in a certain state, there are problems. But when you, I remember having no money and I, I felt like, oh, you know, I don't think I can go on. I just feel, feel I think I should give up, like zero money. Mm -hmm. And I went, I think, I, you know, I think I'm going to go and, you know, say my last farewell. And then I sort of stopped. And I, inside something let go. And, well, one of the things is I sort of said, well, I, well, I have $20, 20, 20 Hong Kong dollars, which is, by the way, like about two, three US, yeah. I, so I do have yeah. money. So that's actually not even true that I don't have money because I have $3, yeah. And, I, um, I, but I felt like... And there, is, there aren't actually any problems. Like right now, right in the second, everything's perfect. It's kind yes. of weird. There isn't a problem. But do Absolutely. go on, because I think, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated. And it's nice, you know, what's nice is to hear it, hear it confirmed, but in a really very different way. And for you, like it was a bit of a, uh, a humdinger. It came like as... Yep, I was pressed up against the wall. I mean, there was really no, there were no options. And I think that's why the surrender hit me so profoundly. Mm. Um, and it was that little realization about anyone could die at any minute. It was, we, we, we know that, but, but it just hit me in a way that I had never thought about it before. So were you, were you new age before? Were you like into spiritual I was things? always uh, investigating different things. Um, so for example, Anita Morjani, uh, yeah. I had read her book when it first came out. Uh, 2012 I was always open uh, right. it wasn't necessarily that I you know uh, I, I was born Catholic I know about miracles I mean I've come from that background yeah. I would never poo-poo them and I would never promote them I would just kind of accept and go well that's interesting yep. and then uh, you know it happened to me right and while I was sitting in that park uh, Anita Morjani is exactly who came up I literally was stirred out of this bliss state by Anita. Uh, it, almost like she woke me up and I remembered her book. And for those that don't know the book, I mean, Anita was on her deathbed and her organs were failing from end stage cancer. And um, hmm. she had a near death experience that then in a Hong Kong hospital, her cancer disappeared within a eight to you know, 14 day period. Yeah. And I remembered that story and I thought, wow, she was incapacitated. She was 
unconscious. She was in a coma. She, she only weighed like, I think, 80, 75 pounds, something ridiculous. And she was riddled with cancer. And I thought, I'm alive. I'm moving. I feel really very good. And um, maybe there's going to be something for me. And that, that's really what rallied me. That's kind of what put me back into action. Hmm. And I thought, oh my God, yeah, I've got to call somebody. Uh, like, what if I die right now? Nobody knows. I've got to I've do something. And then I, I was even thinking like, what do people who are going to die, what do they do? Right, <laughs> you know? right. What would you do? And I thought, well, let me call my sister. Maybe I should call her. Which, um, you know, I, I kind of got myself into a bad state because I started laughing because it, it struck me funny because I started thinking, well, oh my God, she, you know, she wanted me to call her right after the doctor and I didn't. And I thought, oh my God, she's going to think the worst. And then I thought, oh my God, this is the worst. <laughs> this is the absolute You got worst. it. Bingo. It is the worst. It, yeah. And, uh, you know, I called her up and I, I was really a little too happy and um, she thought I was joking. Right. And then finally I had to calm myself down. I was like, no, no, I, I know this sounds crazy, but I, I'm having this experience and it's a little profound. I said, and I, I know I sound like I'm in a good mood, but he really told me I'm going to die at any minute. And that's when the realization struck. And she was the first person I was actually, you know, right. telling this to. Right. And I, I did, I, I still felt like, yes, I understand the seriousness, but I never had this feeling of terror ever. Right. Only, it, it just wasn't coming at me that way. So then I had to call the producer, cancel the opera. So I had a lot I was doing. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to take care of other people, really, right. is what I was doing. Right. Um, <laughs> what my yes, irony. Just an irony, like you're like you've been told it's it's seven minutes. If something goes off, it's seven minutes. Seven and minutes. then, like I mean, I can think like the title for the show is Seven Minutes to Live." Yeah, um, yeah. We, because if anything goes wrong, yeah, um, and then uh, you're worrying about other people. Um, and I'm also reminded, very much reminded of um, uh, Kubla Ross's, uh, you know, the her stages of grief. Oh, yes. Yes. So the first thing is like mm -hmm. uh, denial, like it can't really be real. Yes. Sort of thing. And then anger and then bargaining and, and so on and depression. You go through and, all the levels. Yes. Well, yeah, there, it, it, apparently it just, it's a bit higgledy-piggledy. It comes as it comes. Um, uh -huh. but, uh, but you might say from, um, a certain, from a cognitive point of view, like, oh, yeah, you're just uh, a disbelief. Yeah, like you just don't believe mm -hmm. like shock and disbelief yeah, you don't really mm -hmm. believe it so you don't know how to deal with it but i mean i can i recognize that bliss state i mean that's that's i think that is you know i think that's like a buddha state i always think like buddha he's gone around you know, the, i would agree he's gone around the world he's he's gone i want to find the answer to suffering and then he's gone I, i've done this for like 20 years and i can't i'll give up and so he sits i'm right. gonna have some porridge on this tree Somebody's going to bring me a bowl of porridge and I'm, I'm going home. I've had enough. And in that <laughs> moment, he just let, he just, he just lost it. You know, he just lost the, all the struggling. And, yes. and then his goal appeared. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Beautiful. And, uh, 
And that's really what I feel. I, you know, what your story also reminds me of this um, uh, was it emergency um, technician, you know, on the ambulances. Yes. Um, I, I, I don't know what you call them in America, but um, these paramedics, they come. Right. And then uh, we call them ambulance men in England, but they come. Oh. And then uh, they're supposed to say, oh, you're going to be fine. But this ambulance man would say to people, who he didn't think were going to survive. He said, I don't think you're going to make it. And they would completely calm down. They would just go to this, okay. Wow. It's fine. He, they didn't have this, uh, oh, I've got to do this. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to have to let go of everything right now. And I think in a way, you know, in so many ways, perhaps we could learn something from that in, in the way we treat people who are, you know, seriously sick. It's like they start to just, okay, I'm going to, let go i'm gonna start you know let go and let life and or let love or let the divine force flow slow yeah. and i will say from that moment on that's exactly what started to happen to me life began to unfold i didn't really because again i really did believe that i wasn't going to survive as the doctor had told me mm -hmm. um he was you know a pretty big person in his field and he was a specialist um but uh as i was walking home then i put the key in the door and um this is you know after i made my calls and i thought about farrah fawcett and i remembered farrah fawcett had been flown to germany prior to her death and i had asked a friend why would they fly a sick woman to germany and they said oh germany has some of the top cancer treatments in the world and i remembered that Okay. And I thought, wow, why don't I get on the, you know, on my computer and check out Germany? And maybe they've got something that they just don't have in America. It was a thought that I thought, let me try it. So I went up there and sure enough, I found, um, I started finding things. And then this pop-up came from Mexico on the side. And I, I looked at it and it was gorgeous. It was like, um, like a four-star hotel. I couldn't even believe it was a hospital. It was a clinic. And I thought, oh my God, that's gorgeous. If I was going to die, I want to die there. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> this would be like a place to go. Yes. Yeah, like uh, and then sure enough, as I investigated, they dealt with cancer. So then I got excited and I thought, oh, wow. But would they deal with my cancer? Would they mm. deal with this rare, crazy mm. tumor? Mm. So sure enough, I call up they have a, a line here in the States uh, for people here. And um, I get this lovely woman and she's talking to me. And I told her, I said, I have this rare tumor. And they're saying that there's very little they can do. And she goes, oh, yes, we know all about these tumors. And I'm like, you do? I said, they're telling me they're rare. And she goes, yes, they are. And we get a lot of people who come to us. And we have a different therapy that we do. And I said, but they said there's nothing they can do. And she said, yes, in the States, that is what they say. But here we have a completely different perspective. And I am telling you, when she said those words, it was like, whoa, a different perspective. You took your she glasses said, no, we... off when you were saying that. I just gotta say, it's like kind of weird. You went like, 
okay, we're going to talk about the new perspective and you took your glasses <laughs> off. I'm like, wow, that's, that's very dramatic. It's like, we're going to have a whole new view on this. A new view on this. And it literally was a whole new view. She said, no. Now she said, you know, we can't guarantee anything, but we do a preparatory uh, 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 work on the tumor to toughen the tumor so that the tumor actually doesn't become fragile. It, when, then when you go into surgery, it won't break apart on you because that would be my problem. It would stop my heart. Right. I said, really? I said, do you have a lot of success? She said, well, we have way more success than the States. <laughs> I said, right. I think I'm in. Yeah. And she said, that's great. She said, because, but you have to be, um, the clinic out there, they don't take you unless they feel they want, to examine your case. So she said, what we would really need is your medical records. Do you happen to have them? And wouldn't you know, that's exactly what I asked the doctor for, those medical records. Yeah, yeah. And I had them right there. Yeah. And I said, oh my God, as a matter of fact, I have them. And she said, wow, how, you know, how, what foresight you had to have those ask for the records. And I said, to be honest, I thought it was stupid when I asked for the records because I didn't think there was anything I could do. And she said, wow, she said, when were you diagnosed? And I said, um, about two hours ago. And she went, oh my God, you're doing so incredibly well for just receiving this diagnosis. Right, right. And I said, I said, you know, I'm feeling really good. And then she said, again, something very profound. She said, you know, it's people like you that will be healed. Hmm. And I thought, Wow, what a thing to say to me on the phone. And she said, you will see at this clinic, attitude and perspective is everything. She said, mm. it's everything. Mm -hmm. So as it was, I was able to get everything in that night. Mm. And then the clinic was able to assess my um, case. And they did feel they would be able to help me. They did feel um, that my diagnosis was very correct. They said, your doctor was very wise to be very upfront with you. Yeah. Um, they said, but we feel you do, you have a much better chance. We have a much better chance here doing the surgery than you would in the States. I, you so know, would I, recommend it. I, I seriously, I've just got to go, I've got to go to um, the serendipity uh, here. It's just unbelievable because like unbelievable. I'm trying to find somebody that does, you know, I don't know, fillings or something, you know, of a certain type in, uh -huh. and, and you've, you can spend hours on the internet, hours and hours and like two hours later, you, you know, um, and, and you're, you're on the phone with the right place. I mean, your story reminds me of, uh, one of the guys who's got to tell you, cause it's a funny, funny story. He's, um, he decides he wants to learn hypnosis and he's asleep on his sofa and he wakes up, goes to the, goes to the uh, computer and searches, finds somebody who's running a hypnosis class, writes down the number and then goes back to sleep. Phones him the next day, found the guy. There was no advert. There, the guy did have a class. There was no advert. There was, there was nothing on Google. It was just um, like, like, just bizarre like this stuff kind of appears Very for different. you you know amazing yes. amazing synchronicity something, and again, there's something happening isn't there or something can and, happen and i will tell you it really happened at that moment in the park 
Right. That put me in a zone that was so surreal. I mean, people often even say when they read my story, um, they say, you know, this is unbelievable. I said, you know what? I, I think it is too. If it hadn't happened to me, I, I don't know if I would believe it. <laughs> I really don't. Right. Because it was one of the most surreal experiences. And everything started to just fall into place. Everything became profound. Everything was a yeah. lesson. Everything was unbelievably synchronized. It was like the universe was transpiring or conspiring to make me well. I actually couldn't believe it. Did you have, um, did you have um, uh, an experience of your masks falling away? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, because I wanted to Absolutely. mention that because that's something that I recognize from myself is like, my my masks and they still do sometimes they just fall away and i get yes. back to who i really am uh, can Absolutely. you tell me about that about your experience with your masks falling away well uh it goes in a series of progressions because um when i got accepted then to the clinic i was on a high and so i was really working um fast because uh i was diagnosed on a tuesday and I was out there on a Sunday. So I only had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, four days to kind of wrap up my life. And also, you know, people don't realize you have all this um, financial stuff you have to get in order. Yeah. And I had to get things changed out of my name into other people's name just in case I did die. Because, I mean, it was still on the table that I could yep. die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Name, seven minutes. If any, yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, the one thing they told me, they said, you got to stop eating all sugar, which was good um, because I was pretty close. I was not doing any processed food or anything like that. But they said, don't touch any sugar and the tumor will be fine during the flight. They said, you won't have a problem. So that was really good. Mm. But then, for example, I was having trouble with the bank because the bank likes, you know, all this paperwork. Yeah. And finally, one mask, I never ask people for favors, for example. And I walked into the bank and they were giving me the same story they'd given me on the phone. And there was this woman, lovely woman I was talking to. And I said, look, I said, I know this sounds insane, but I could die at any minute. I've been told this. I'm going to Mexico for a special treatment that they don't do in the United States. And if I don't get this taken care of by Saturday, if I don't get this done, I said, I, 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 my sister is going to be out there and have no money available to her. And this is going to be very expensive. I said, could you please do something? And all of a sudden, this woman just tears coming down her face. And she said, oh, my God, don't worry. Got on her computer. And she totally just said, you be here on Saturday morning and you have your sister on the phone at yeah. her bank. And I promise you before you leave, it will be all taken care of. Oh, that's, that's and it was beautiful. stuff like that. And that, that gave other me a real, real shower. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. That my old self would have never done that. I, hmm. I, I would have never used my situation to, hmm. to manipulate something. And I didn't even do it purposefully. It just came out of my mouth. Do you know, and, like, I've got, I've, I've got to say, there is something funny. Um, if you if you threaten people or say you try and push people, you get a very different reaction to 
can is there any way you can help me have you Absolutely. noticed that if you said like i have this situation and i need you to help me you're you, like obi-wan you're our, you're our only hope you know it's you know yes you are my hope if you know i mean it, but it makes people heroes in a way doesn't it but i mean she Absolutely. was a real hero she was a real hero to do yes. that i don't imagine that was and easy inside the bank no not at all because she had a you know and we did that on a saturday and, <sighs> and she got permission on uh, on the people on top of her uh, you know above her and boom i walked in saturday morning done when i left everything was exactly the way it needed to be for my journey wow. so it was and, and the masks so that was one but i mean then even when i got on the plane you know, I, I finally felt like relieved because I, mm, mm. I got on the plane and it was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going. And we had a problem on the plane uh, in mid-flight. And I was kind of half asleep when it happened, but we, we dropped very quickly in altitude. Uh, they hit some kind of thing and they were like, boom, boom. And I jolted and I really felt like something broke. Like I, I felt like something inside of me, something happened. And I thought it was dying on the plane. Right. And I thought, oh my God, I think it broke. And I, I first started to panic. And then right away, my mind was like, what are you panicking about? If you've only got seven minutes, there's nothing you can do. They can't land the plane and get you do anything for you. So I thought, oh my God, why am I panicking? So I got very quiet. I got very still once again. And that was another mask. It was like me and death. And I just kind of went, you're right. I'm just going to yeah. stay here. I'm going to stay calm. I'm not going to cause a panic mm -hmm. in the plane. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to involve other people. I'm just going to lay on this seat and they'll find me. And, and, and I will have died. They'll think I had a heart attack or something. And um, lo and behold, I was totally fine. Everything calmed down. And once again, nothing happened. And so I would have these events constantly coming up and one mask after the other, after the other. Uh, even before I left, um, uh, I just would like to tell you this. I had a lot of people that were against me going to Mexico. Right. The only one that was not truly against it was my sister. Um, but there were a lot of people that were against it. Hmm. And I got a lot of threats. I had people that were furious with me, wouldn't speak to me, because hmm. they thought I was being scammed, basically. And that I was just gonna go out to Mexico, spend a lot of money, and I was gonna die anyway. And um, I had to really look at that as well, because these people who really loved me, really said, if you do this, I will never talk to you again. And I said, well, I'm sorry about that, but I'm going to do it. And do you know, many of them did not ever talk to me again. So uh, that was a profound awakening as well. Yeah, isn't it funny? It's, it's, um, I talk about um, cognitive dissonance. It's so difficult for people to confront something which challenges their beliefs. And it's so Absolutely. painful. That's what cognitive dissonance is is you mm -hmm. experience something which challenges your beliefs and sometimes they're really core beliefs 
and they would it's it's less painful for them to have you out of their lives than to challenge those beliefs that's exactly correct yeah and, and uh, i will say there were even when i got back and i was well there were a lot of people that were not happy about that as well they were um because again they had been proven wrong uh so even when i first got back there were a lot of people thought i was going to die still that i had been scammed and that really i was just going to die from this cancer um which didn't happen it's been five years now so you you, so, you had the uh, an operation and you had the, the other treatment you had the operation and that's correct. I had the uh, operation and I will say, you know, we had some bad moments. We had, it wasn't all bliss. Uh, we had some, I had some very painful moments. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of problems with my blood. My, my weight had gone down severely because when they're starving the tumor, um, the tumor is starting to eat up you. So um, they weren't giving the tumor anything it wanted. So the tumor then was pulling it from me. Yes. So I had a lot of muscle wasting. Mm. Uh, I was down to like 140 pounds, maybe 138 pounds. Um, it was it was a lot. Of, my blood cell count kind of took a dive just mm. before the surgery, which was a problem. I had to have a transfusion. So there were a lot of variances. Mm. But through it all, I really have to honestly say I was not worried. I knew whatever way it was going to be, if I was going to get well or if I was going to die, it was all going to be fine. Which again, is very much Anita in her book. She knew whether she went back into her body or didn't, it was all going to be fine. And it, that's really I find the way it fascinating, I yeah. I, I find it fascinating because you've mentioned a couple of times where you've, you've like that moment when you're on the plane and the, there's this sudden you know, jolt and you think I'm going to mm -hmm. die. And this, from deep within you, comes this peaceful reassurance, similar to that moment in the park. It's like, well, yeah, look, everybody, everybody could die. Maybe everyone here has got another seven minutes. You know, we don't know, and they um, don't know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I find it um, fascinating that you've that you've had that and you have that capacity. And that, and I mean, exactly. That's why the podcast is here, you know, because I like people, you know, like you read Anita Mojani's book and, you know, plug, 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 plug for Anita here. Totally brilliant, you know, brilliant story. But in the same way that you, you telling your story of people reading your book, uh, will maybe that wakes, wakes a little bit of something up for them. Absolutely. And since I've written the book, which by the way, I called Bliss, because that's how it started. It started with Bliss. And then I took Joseph Campbell's um, thing about the hero's journey. And I said, one hero's journey. So my, mm, my idea mm. is that we are all heroes on a journey. And this is one of the heroes on the journey. And this is my story. Well, you know, it's interesting because I love the, the I love Joseph Campbell and I I can't really say I'm an expert but I love the story with the tells of the uh, the Knights of the Round Table. Yes, yes. And he says that they have to go on a quest and they have to you know go on their journey, but um, they're not allowed to go down a path that anybody else has been down, and it's very much you know you you you're kind of 
going into the unknown when well that's my my imagination of course this woman saying okay this doctorate in mexico saying well actually we it's not unknown but certainly for you and certainly as you can tell from the reaction of your friends it was like going into the unknown absolutely and let's face it you know what i learned and especially after having written the book and people other people with cancer reading the book yeah no cancer is the same no in each person Hmm. Even though they both may have kidney cancer, it's not manifesting in the same way. It doesn't Hmm. matter what the cancer is. Unfortunately, in the States, we're all treated the same. And that is part, I think, of the problem. See, at this clinic, I was treated as me. And I was treated at what my cancer was doing. I was Hmm. tested daily. What did it like? What did my cancer not like? What made it happier? What made it angrier? And then what they did is they figured out how my system was reacting to my cancer Hmm. and how to best navigate through that. In the States, they really don't do that. It is a one size fits all. And everybody like, you know, there's chemotherapy for kidney and then you're given that. And then if that doesn't work, they throw the next one at you, but they don't really tailor it. To the individual whereas right. my whole treatments were tailored to me there yeah. wasn't one thing and and uh, i also would like to add that um uh, after uh, i had the surgery i was staged at a stage two cancer so i had a stage two cancer within they said your tumor was enormously large they really understood why the doctor was uh feeling that this was certain death because they said it's abnormally large you, you don't see that until a stage four or more. And um, after the treatments, I said, well, what are we going to do about the cancer? And they said, oh, we have a serum that we make out of your tumor. And I said, you have a what? Hmm. And they said, we have a serum, make it out of the tumor. And what we're going to do is we're going to make a supply and we're going to inject you with that serum for six weeks. I said, and what about chemo? They said, no, you don't need chemo. I said, you're kidding. I said, They said the serum will actually make you immune to the cancer. So if there is anything in there, it can't metastasize because like a a vaccination, they said you you will not be able to get the disease. Wow. So I found that unbelievably. And, but I found out that that serum would only work for me. Yes. It had to be made from my tumor and given to me. It wouldn't work for anybody else. Yeah. So that was another realization that, oh my God, the whole perspective of how they heal is completely different than what goes on in so, you know, this country. I, I have to ask you, you, you face, you're faced with death, um, really right, right and you know, pushed in your face very suddenly. Has it brought on a new life to you, do you feel? You know, uh, it has but most of my outer life has changed very little. The outer life is a little changed, but the internal is completely changed. As a matter of fact, I often tell certain people, I feel like I did die. Yeah. I don't feel like I, the person I was, came mm. back. Mm. I feel like this is a new person that came back mm. into this life. Yeah, I can, I can relate to that, yeah. That is... Um, that has been my experience all the way through. 
Mm. I don't see things in the same way. I don't relate to things in the same way. My work is completely much deeper, much, much more profound than it had been mm. before. Uh, just everything. My relationships, everything has actually shifted. Although outwardly, I live in the same place. I have the same, I got my same job back. I do really similar things. Uh, right, right, did. right. Oh, it, I mean, it, it's, uh, I, I can, I can relate to that. I think it's, uh, I think it's also, it, it's also hard for people to see you as different because if you look the same, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah. And what, so what, can I, can I ask you what advice do you think you, you'd give to somebody who was experiencing, uh, I don't know, suddenly they've got a diagnosis or, or they're looking for an alternative treatment for something they've had for a long time. Is there any, any, you probably ask this like all the time, but mm -hmm. is there advice that you can give to the people who are listening today that they can, might pass on? What I, what I, what I tell everybody is first of all, you can never take what you receive as real. Mm -hmm. It may be partially real. Like my diagnosis, it wasn't that he was wrong. Hmm. but in the end, it didn't turn out the way that he thought it was going to turn out. Hmm. Hmm. So I always caution people that you can only take everything with a little bit of grain of salt. Hmm. And yes, you want to investigate, but you do not want to buy into it. Hmm. And you do not ever want to buy into the fear aspects of something. Hmm. You really need to weigh uh, whether that is absolutely true or not. It's a little like what's going on with this virus right now. People are buying in very deeply into highly fearful things that we don't even know for sure are true or are not true. What we always must remember, science is always behind. They're always behind the eight ball whenever it comes to something brand new. And but the problem is, is they don't want to look stupid. So people throw things out just like, and even my doctor, and he wasn't wrong. It's just that his perspective was limited. I, and I, I like caution that. people that all of our perspectives are limited, no matter if it's an expert, if it's somebody, it doesn't matter who it is. We are all human beings and we are all limited in our perspective and do not go to the fear. Do not go to it. It's not worth it. Right. Simply not worth it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really what, um, and there's two things that come up. One is science is trying to describe reality, so it can never actually be correct because reality is so limited by our tools. Yeah, so it's Absolutely. we're always going to be behind that. That 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 that's been going always. on for hundreds of years. And then yep. there's there's a certain uh, philosophy called scientism, which is the belief in science as a new religion, which is nonsense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And. The other thing is you went, and I think this is one of the market things from your story. And I think, you know, it comes back again for me. It's like you went through death, you came alive, you know, through, through the, the threat of death, suddenly just bliss appeared, yeah. you yes. know, a total new perspective on life um, appeared. And uh, I think that's, you know, uh, I mean, I won't, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say as it's a gift, but in a way I would, you know, um, mm -hmm. because like 
nothing could enrich, you know, what, what could enrich your life so deeply than, than this experience? Um, exactly. And I wouldn't wash, and I, you know, I mean, I, I've had um, an experience, um, I would say a different kind of pain, painful experience uh, myself. And then I certainly wouldn't wish it on anybody. But then again, it has given me gifts along the way. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, it's just a wonderful inspiration, Gary. I mean, it's just really exciting. So where you know, can... I'm... Yes, go ahead. No, I just want to know where people can get this book. Can they get it on Amazon? Can Amazon, they it? Amazon is my publisher. I, I didn't go with any, any major publisher. I just went to Amazon so I could kind of keep it and do with it what I want to do. I want to help people with it. Right. So that's really um, where it is. You just so go to Amazon, Kindle. Gary Ramsey, and it's Bliss, One Hero's Journey. Brilliant. Okay, that's yep. fantastic. Well, um, I'm hoping you'll become a regular listener to, to Discover Energy Work, and I hope I get your feedback. And, and uh, you know, keep in touch. We'd love to hear you know, how things are going with you. And I think it's a fantastic story. I think really, really, I think it's brave of you to come out and share. And it's, it's very compassionate as well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you for having me. Well, I think that was a really amazing talk with uh, Gary Ramsey. I hope you enjoyed it. Do, um, do take note that I'm doing a daily blog, a video blog of my experience of seeing without eyes. And the idea is, well, I mean, it's hard to say, is that energy work? Well, some people say that um, becoming aware of your senses on another level is, is opening yourself up to another energy, um, if everything is energy. Um, but it's been very interesting for me. And I would love you to, if you're interested in that kind of thing, I would love you to experience it. Certainly, at the beginning, I had absolutely no idea and I couldn't see anything. Now I'm seeing colors with a blindfold on. And uh, you can follow my progress as I go on. And I'm only, I'm not even halfway through yet. So yeah, that's exciting. All right, so um, keep the love, spread the love, and remember to discover energy work and please do share and send your comments.